Oh, come on, don't be jealous. Put your hands together. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm so excited to see how God is just raising people in the ministry and empowering them to do mighty things. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And your turn is coming. Hallelujah. Your turn is coming. Your turn is... If you just join us, uh, if you just tune in, this is a live experience online. And this morning, we are celebrating the mothers. Praise the Lord. We love you, mothers. We believe that you are a blessing from above. Please remember to share this service. Remember to share it on your, on your Facebook page. And also remember that we are also present on YouTube, so you can join us there. You can please tell people about these things. Let's share the word. Make sure many, many, many people are aware that we are here. Hallelujah. And God will bless you richly. Shall we pray this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word that you have sent again this morning. Your word is coming with power to heal us, to save us, to renew us, especially to revive us. Father, I pray for the spirit of revelation. I pray for the spirit of wisdom to move freely now in our midst. Holy Spirit, capture our minds and cause us to see what you want us to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah. You guys are once again welcome to another beautiful service in the house of the Lord. We want to go straight into the word of the Lord this morning. We are continuing on our series, Praying Effectively. Praying Effectively. And my, my, my prayer is that your prayer life is going to become effective. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, because... Um, this is very, very important. This is actually a very important series. And this morning, we, we're going we're gonna to talk about dealing with prayerlessness. Dealing with prayerlessness. It's an English word, isn't it? Prayerlessness. You see, the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. That is actually the purpose of the church. If you, will look, if you remember with me, uh, you know, the book of Matthew 21, verse 12 to 13. The Bible says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer but you are making it a den of robbers. Jesus reminded those people, reminded the believers of that day that the temple is not a place of merchandise where you come and buy this and buy that and, buy, and you forget to pray. We, we even forget the very, very purpose why the church is there. The church is called, my house shall be called a house of prayer. A house of prayer. A house of prayer. Now, it doesn't seem like that is what the church is known for today any longer. A house of prayer. But the purposes of God can never be changed. No matter how we change, God's purpose stands firm forever. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, it is also important that you realize that 
as a believer, you yourself, you are the temple too. So the church is the house of prayer. The temple is the house of prayer. And we see in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the Bible says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So your body is also a temple. And if the temple, the physical temple, was a house of prayer, I hope you realize that if now the body has become the temple of the Holy Spirit, then prayer is expected from that body. Now, it is very simple to understand. When the Holy Ghost arrived on the day of Pentecost, on the first believers, guess what he made them do? The very first thing he ever made them do, he made them pray. The Bible says he gave them utterance. The Bible also tells in the book of Romans that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for. And he prays through us through groanings that cannot be expressed. So you see that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and one of the number one functions of the Holy Ghost that he comes to do in the temple is to make people pray. Just like the temple itself was supposed to be a house of prayer. You as the temple supposed to become a house of prayer. So prayer should not be something unusual about you. Just like praying in the church should not be unusual. Number three, every believer is a king and a priest. You are not only a king. I know we like that one. You are a king and a priest. First, first Peter chapter 2, verse 19. But you are a chosen generation. Say with me, amen. amen. A royal priesthood. Say with me, amen. amen. Now look at those two words. Royal, that's kingship. Priesthood. What is that? That is a priest. And what is one of the number one functions of a priest? It's prayer. A priest is supposed to offer prayers to God on behalf of men. Back in the day, people were not allowed in the temple. The priest was supposed to go receive the, the sacrifices of the people, bring them inside and offer on their behalf. A prophet hears from God and gives to the people. Do you understand? A priest receives from people and gives to God. Now, the Bible says you are a royal priesthood. So you are a priest. As a priest, you're supposed to pray. I'm just showing you that, number one, the church is supposed to be a house of prayer. Number two, you yourself, you have a body, and your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and the job of the Holy Ghost is to make you pray. And number three, you are a royal priesthood. You are supposed to be a king, but you're also supposed to be a priest, meaning you're supposed to offer prayers. So prayer should not be something very unnatural and unusual when it comes to your life. It should be your flow of life. But look at the calamity we are seeing today. Do you know that some of the less, the most less attended 
prayer meetings are prayer meetings in the church. The church is supposed to be the house of prayer, yet prayer meetings are the least attended meetings in the church. There are people who never go to prayer meetings. If you check the attendance of prayer meetings, you will be shocked. If you check how many people come on Sunday, then you check how many people come during the prayer time, you will ask yourself, was Jesus confused when he said his house is supposed to be called the house of prayer? But that prayerlessness that we experience in the church as a body is only a reflection of the prayerlessness, I mean, that prayerlessness that we experience in the church as an organization is a reflection of the prayerlessness of the body, the individuals. So if the church is not praying, reality is the members are not praying. The fact that so many people flock in the church on Sunday morning for fellowship, that that number reduces drastically when it comes to prayer time. It tells you that the church has changed its objectives. When it's time for the selling and the buying, we are flogging there. But when it's time for the actual praying and fasting, all of a sudden we start dissociating ourselves with that reality. As if it was something strange. And I took time to show you that it's actually supposed to be natural with your life and my life. Prayer is supposed to be our way of breathing, our way of living. It should not be difficult for you to pray because the Holy Spirit is in you and you are a temple and a temple is supposed to be a place where prayers are offered. It should not be difficult. I do not understand why when you think about prayer and your life, it seems like it's two different worlds. It's supposed to be the same thing. I believe that this morning, the same way the Lord Jesus came and whipped all the money changers and cast them out of the church, some things are going to be cast out of your life this morning, and the spirit of prayer will be reintroduced. Prayer will find its rightful place again in your life so that your life can rise. Hallelujah. Say amen, somebody, if you believe anything I'm saying. Hallelujah. I would like you to help me describe you at the moment. David described himself like this in Psalm 109 verse 4. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. In return for my love, they accuse me. But I am not a man of double accusations. I don't accuse them when they accuse me. I don't complain when they accuse me. When they accuse me, I pray. I am a man of prayer. I am a man of prayer. They are accusing me, but I am a man of prayer. Now, I didn't know that prayer can affect accusations. I didn't know that if people are accusing you at your place of work, the solution is not to go and lay grievances. The solution is to go and enter your room and start hitting some prayers. I didn't know that if people are accusing you in the church, the solution is not to leave the church. The solution is to become a man and a woman of prayer. David says, they have accused me, but I am a man of prayer. The greatest accuser of your life is Satan himself. 
He is accusing you before God day and night. One of the ways for you to counteract his accusations is by also entering your room and beginning to relay some prayers in the spirit. That is how you destroy the accusations. How many churches have been destroyed because of accusations? How many marriages have been destroyed because of accusations? How many lives have been spoiled because somebody said something and you just heard the rumors and you cut yourself from the person? If those people knew that the key was not to go and try to justify themselves, the key is prayer. I am a man of prayer. The question I have for you this morning is, will you describe yourself as a man of prayer? Are you a man of prayer, like David said? Are you a woman of prayer? Okay, let me ask the question this way. Are you prayerful or prayerless? I would like you to answer that question for me as we are going in the, in the, in the service. Are you prayerful or are you prayerless? Are you a man of prayer? Are you a woman of prayer? What type of person are you when it comes to prayer? How do you, how do you define yourself? How do you describe yourself? Will, it say, will I be safe to say that many accusations can work in your life because of lack of prayer? Is it safe to say that many things, many rumors will have their way in your life and you change how you live your life, will rearrange your thinking, will arrange how you behave because you are not a woman of prayer and you are easily affected by what you hear? Will it be safe to say that success can never be yours because as you start succeeding, the journalist and the media is going to come and accuse you of many things. And because you are not a man of prayer, you are not a woman of prayer, God cannot allow you to succeed up to a certain level because you cannot handle the accusations. Can we be safely, can we, can we safely say such thing this morning? That as you are expecting God to bless you, his problem is, can you handle the accusations? Can you handle the hatred? Can you handle hearing what people would say about you? And now that you're not a woman of prayer, now that you're not a man of prayer, can we safely say that because of your own safety, God has to keep you low down there so that nobody even sees you? Prayerlessness, brothers and sisters, is a robber of destiny. Prayerlessness has destroyed so many lives. You, I see people asking God for things and they are not ready to face the music based on the same thing they are asking God for. And one of the reasons why they are not ready is because they are not prayerful. They are not prayerful. I am a man of prayer. I would like to be known as a man of prayer. I would like my children to know me as a man of prayer. Not that I'm saying I am. I, I want them to know I'm a man of prayer. I would like everybody that lives with me to know I am a man of prayer. And I pray that today also that will become one of your number one goals in this life. One, one, one object. People must know. My beloved must know I'm a woman of prayer. My beloved must know I'm a man of prayer. Age. Dealing with prayerlessness. That's what I'm here for. If you could describe yourself this morning as a prayerless person, 
The question is, how did you get to that place? Because I believe everybody watching and listening this morning, at some point, there must have been a point in your life where you were prayerful, where you enjoyed prayer, where you loved prayer. But what has happened to you? Number one, prayerlessness is a sign that you have become too busy. It's a sign that you have become too busy. Listen to me. When you are too busy to pray, you have become too busy. And it's not a good business you are into. I, I repeat, when you have become too busy to pray, too busy to talk to the God who gives you life, too busy to even thank him for the very love you have, when you have become too busy to pray, then I have to tell you this morning, you have really become too busy. And it's a problem. Because not all activity will lead to productivity. There are people that will be running around this world and achieve nothing at the end of their life. There are some people, instead of settling yourself down in your room and praying, you are thinking it's a waste of your time. You want to move to us and you want to show to us that you are active. You are active. But in your activity, you are getting nowhere. You keep going up and down every week. It's always the mark is zero. When you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy, my brother. You have become too busy. So I would like to ask, are you too busy to pray? You know, I heard the story of a businessman who gave his life to Jesus in jail. Then the pastor went to visit him in jail. The pastor said, but you know, why, why, why did it take for you to be in jail? Before you give your life to Jesus, he said, hey, pastor, I want to be honest with you. It's only when I got here in jail that I started having time. Then I now had time to pray. I had time to listen to messages. I had time to listen to preachers. And then I got born again. When I was outside there, I was always up and down, up and down, up and down. I would like to ask you a question. Do you need jail before you can give God time? Do you need a sick bed before you can give God time? Because the moment you are in that bed, you, you are no more busy. Have you noticed that? As busy as you claim to be, the moment they come to arrest you, all your busyness disappears. As busy as you are telling us you are today, the moment the sickness says sit down, you, see, you say, yes, sir, you sit calmly. You sit calmly and you, you just there. So then you realize that you could actually do it. Now it has taken sickness for you to do it. So the question I want to ask you this morning, are you so busy that God will have to use a policeman? God will have to use, or not God, life will have to use sickness for you to give God time. What, do you, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a calamity before God can have your attention? I'm asking you, are you so busy that it will take a calamity for you to reach a stage of tranquility and finally create intimacy with the God of eternity? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 25, verse 27, the, the boys grew up and Esau 
became a skilled hunter and a man of open field. While Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. So Esau was the busy one, up and down, running after antelopes, running after giraffes. A man of open field. He doesn't want anything to restrict him. And the Bible says Jacob was a man of tents. He liked to stay at home. If we shoot that story forward, you will notice that the man of, that used to go all over the place is the one who came home hungry. And the man who was always at home, looking like he's not doing anything with his life, is the one who had a meal. And the one who was very busy is the one who sold his birthright for a plate of rice. As you have given yourself to be a busy bee, a busy body, running all over the place, you are not even realizing that the same problem you've been dealing with for the past five years is the same problem. You haven't sat down to allow God to give you the idea how to come out of it. You are too busy. And you are selling your birthright for free. For free. Wisdom is coming to you this morning. Never be too busy for God. I say never be too busy to spend time with God. Then you are too busy. Then something has gone very wrong with your life. The psalmist says, oh Lord my God, you are my God. Early will I seek thee. I will seek you first. Before I start my day, early I must seek you first. I must start my journey with you. Because you are my light. You are my salvation. If you don't save me, who can save me? If you don't direct me, where will I end? I must start my day with you first. My day must start with God. You know, most of us, we have bad days. Every day is a bad day. You know why? You check how you are starting it. Please check how you are starting your day. Remind me a bit this morning, how are you starting your day? What is the place of God in your day? You start your day with Facebook. You start your day with WhatsApp status. You start, some, some of you start your day with food. And there are some crazy ones that start every day with a fight. Every day must be a fight between the husband and the wife, between the brothers. There must be a fight. The, the day must start with a fight. And you are wondering why your life is going the way it's going. You are receiving wisdom this morning in the name of Jesus. Yes. Number two. Prayerlessness is a sign that you are under heavy spiritual attack. Prayerlessness is a sign that you are under heavy spiritual attack. When you see yourself becoming prayerless, don't joke with it. Oh. That is Satan's greatest attack on your life. Every backsliding can be traced to prayerlessness. Every backslider first starts by not praying anymore. So that you are coming to church doesn't mean you are still in the church. You can be there with your body, but you have backslidden a long time ago. It's just a matter of your body not being pulled out as well. You shall not be pulled out in the name of Jesus Christ. But I repeat to you, every prayerlessness is a sign of a heavy, well-prepared, well-conducted spiritual attack on your life. Daniel 6, verse 7. 
the royal administrators and prefects and satraps and advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, he shall be thrown in the lion's den. When Satan was getting ready to attack Daniel, he brought prayer as the element. Nobody must pray for the coming 30 days. Nobody must pray. Nobody, for 30 days, nobody must pray. Do you know what landed Daniel in the lion's den? Prayer. Daniel says, I'd rather die than not pray. I'd rather die than not pray. Because not praying is already the biggest death of my life. Not praying is the greatest death of my life. Let me die the death of the righteous. It is the same spirit that led Esther to say, if I perish, I perish. But something must change here. The greatest attack on your life is, is, is attack, an attack on your prayer life. As you are sitting there entertaining the fact that you are no more praying, you must know that a serious attack is working on you. And most people only wake up when the attack is finished. They are already finished. Then calamities are coming all over. Now they're trying to pray, but the prayer strength is gone. Satan has deflated you already. Haven't you seen believers that used to pray and seek God when something goes wrong, they go to Sangomas? Because at that time, they are so desperate that the prayer life has been deflated and they need power and they know with God they cannot have it any longer. They turn to Sangomas. They turn to boyfriend. They start sleeping around to try to catch up. Matthew 13, verse 25, the Bible says, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed wheat among the wheat and went away. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came. That also must show you how, how fearful Satan himself is. He has to wait for you to sleep before he can come and do anything. So it tells me that if I'm awake, he will never succeed in any plan of his. A robber is a, is, 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 is a very miserable person because he has to sit there on the corner, wait for you to finish watching all the TV, wait for you to finish watching all the series, and he must torture himself in the cold, waiting and waiting until you fall asleep, then he can finally come and try something. Satan has to wait. Wait for you to not pray anymore. Wait and wait. And I came to say he will wait and wait and wait and wait. And you will still be praying. You will still be praying. He will say, no, I think she's going to sleep now. I think she's going to wait now. You will still be up. Even in your dream, you'll be praying. In the name of Jesus Christ. Prayerlessness number three. It's a sign that you are under deceptions and delusions. A person who has stopped praying is under heavy deceptions. One of those deceptions is that I'm okay. Everything is fine. Revelations 3 verse 17. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. Do you remember your old self when you had need of few things, 
Huh? When you needed a beloved? When you needed a job? Do you remember your old self? Huh? Do, do you know how agitated you were? But today you are saying, I have need of nothing. You are under heavy deception. Because Satan is aware that once you believe that you don't need anything, you, start, you stop seeing the need for prayer. Because Satan has convinced us that prayer is for needs. Many of you only pray when you have a problem. So for you, prayer is something I do to get God to do something for me. What a wrong way to understand prayer. The Bible says your father knows what you need before you ask. So you don't, ask, you don't come for prayer for needs. There are other important things that prayer does when you are praying. It's not just for needs. You will never become spiritual unless you start praying. Never. Your Christianity will always be a Christianity of carnality. One of the things that happens when you start praying, you become a spiritual person. Some of you that are, you have a calling on your life, God has called you to save you, you can never step into that calling without prayer. Never. You remain a natural person. When you hold the microphone, when you try to do whatever you want to do, it will always look like you are like everybody else. Until you start spending hours in prayer so that God can change your nature. Prayer is not for needs only. Prayer is for transformation. Prayer is for development. The Bible says that praying in the spiritual can be built up. We build up capacity as we pray. We face challenges long before they arrive through prayer. Prayer is not for needs, my friend. And Satan has convinced you, you don't need anything. Oh, may God open your eyes to see how deceived we've been in our sleep, thinking that, no, I know now, I've got a bed, I've got a pillow on my head, I've got food in the fridge, I've got a car outside, and I've got my bills paid. Ah, no, praise the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, amen. Everything is fine. The Bible says, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. This is a person who is saying, I am wealthy. I have need of nothing. But when God looks at you in the realm of the spirit, God says, you are miserable. You are poor. You are blind. You are naked. Now think about it. How deceived you could be, or you, should, you must have been, for you to think that you have need of nothing, yet the heaven is saying that you have need of everything. That is why so many people are no more growing. Satan has convinced them, this is it. This is it. And they are stuck there. Small job, they are stuck there. They have stopped praying. They have stopped interceding in the spirit. Everybody else can go to hell. It doesn't bother them. Their family members can go to hell. It doesn't bother They don't pray for their family members. They don't do anything in this world. Some of you don't even pray for your children. Satan is busy taking your children to hell before your presence. But ask, because you are going to heaven, you know, I have need of nothing. I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Prayerlessness. That thing you are entertaining, that thing you have allowed to settle so well, is destroying your life. My prayer for you is that your eyes will open 
and then you will realize that you are not there. You are so far from being there. This is not the time to sleep. This is the time to pray. Even though, look, Satan must never close your mouth with a little open door. A small door that has opened, now your mouth is closed. That is too small. I know a man of God who said, anytime he gets an award, he never places it on top of the table in his house. If he gets an award, he takes it and goes and hides it. Any award he gets, he takes it and goes and hides it. You know why he had the awards? Because he says, I don't want the awards to deceive me. Once you start looking at the awards, you start thinking you have arrived. And you start relaxing. Yet there are many other awards are waiting for you, but the first award has already limited you. You have stopped praying because you received one award. So what he does, every new award, Lord, thank you, in the name of Jesus, he takes it, has it. I said, this is a powerful strategy. Many of you need to start hiding those small awards, your car keys, hide them. Don't allow those things, even your children, don't allow them to become such a big reward that you stop pursuing and chasing better rewards. Some of you have stopped becoming fruitful in the church because you have a child. That has become your end. The, the, the moment the child arrived, your reward arrived. So you lifted it like the World Cup. You say, no, I have done. I, I mean, this is it. What else is there? Prayerlessness is a sign that you are under heavy deception. Deception. Are you with me? Number four, prayerlessness is a sign that pride has entered your heart. Pride has entered your heart. Second Chronicles 7 verse 17 says, if my people who are called by my name will do what? And what? Do you see that prayer goes with humility? Humble themselves and pray. So prayerlessness is a sign of lack of humility. I know you might not believe so, but the Bible is saying so. Oh. The prouder you are, the less prayerful you are. If my people, my people will humble, before you pray, you must humble yourself first. It is the humble man that will pray. It takes humility to pray. It takes humility to even kneel down. Some of you have not knelt down before God for years now. You are praying standing all the time. You are even crossing your legs. You have lost all sense of humility. Then, I mean, I want to ask, when was the last time you knelt down before God? Think about it. Just to help you understand how proud you have become. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Why? So he can lift you up in due time. What is God's mighty hand? That is the place of prayer. You humble yourself there. That's why the Bible says that God resists the prayer. He can never answer your prayer. 
In fact, you're not even praying to start with because it takes humility to pray. So he will just be resisting you because you are not humble enough to come and ask for his help. For, for his help. A proud person says, I can do it by myself. I know what to do. John 15 says, without me, you can do nothing. The proud person says, no, 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 no. You wrote that scripture before I came here. You understand? Now, now I'm here. And I can show you that I can do a lot of things without you. I can even preach without you. I can sing songs with that. I don't need to pray to sing. I don't, look, I mean, it's just for formalities, once more, but not that I really, I mean, I'm a singer. Come on. I went to school. I know what to do. Prayerlessness, number five, is a sign that sin has entered your life. Once sin enters your life, the number one thing that starts living your life is prayer. I'm helping you this morning, church, understand why you are no longer praying. Even though your house, Jesus says, my house shall be called the house of prayer, and you are the temple of God, yet you are not praying. One of those reasons is that sin has been allowed in. If we are honest with ourselves, you will know and you will check and see there's sin in your life. The presence of sin cannot stand prayer. It can't. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says, Then the Lord God called Adam and said, Where are you? I'm looking for you in the spirit. I can't find you. I look for you in the morning. You are not there. I'm hoping you will come at midday. You are not there. In the evening, again, I'm looking. You are not there. In the night, you are not. Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. I hid myself. I hid myself from your presence. Sin causes us to hide from God instead of going to God. But I came to tell you this morning, if you are in sin, please understand, hiding from God, running away from God is the worst thing you can do for yourself. Rather go to God because it is in his presence that you will find forgiveness. Number six, Prayerlessness is a sign that wrong people have entered your life. I'm helping you dissect where, where, where did I get it wrong? How come prayer is such a heavy thing to do now? Why is it so hard for me to pray? No, there are some people, once they enter your life, prayer cannot continue. Their very presence their very presence is an immunization against prayer. As long as these people are in your life, God will never speak. The Bible says God only spoke to Abraham when Lot left him. So as long as Lot was in the life of Abraham, God was not talking anymore. And that is how some of us are. We are not talking to him. He's not talking to us. Why? Because you have to spend that whole time talking to these wrong people. They have taken the whole time. Any relationship that steals the time of God away from you is a wrong relationship. No matter who the person is. If every time you want to spend time with God, they become the distraction, they were sent by the devil. You better notice it and correct it. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. Flee the evil desires 
of the youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Those who call on the Lord. They are the ones you should be around with. Those who call on the Lord. Look at your friends now. They mock God. They mock church. They insult pastors. They are your friends. They don't read the Bible. They advocate sin. They advocate pornography. They advocate homosexuality. They are even encouraging. They are your friends. And you are thinking that in that type of scenario, you will pray. It won't be easy, brother. Seven, prayerlessness is a sign that laziness has entered your life. It's, laziness is a spirit. And it can enter the life of a person. Like you have such a desire to pray, but the strength to do it is never there. The good news is because laziness is a spirit, it can be cast out. Don't cancel laziness. Cast it out of your life. The same thing with the spirit of slumber. These are not spirits you cancel. These are spirits you must rebuke, bind, and cancel out of your life. As long as you leave them, they will continue operating freely, jeopardizing your future for free. Hmm? Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a born servant in Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. You see, prayer is labor. And any form of labor is bad news for the lazy person. For those of you who thought that prayer is something people do when they have nothing to do, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. The highest level of labor is prayer. That's why it's not for the lazy. That's why a lazy man cannot pray. It is a wrong thing for you to say, ah, he's just lazing around, praying all the time. No, you try it. Then you will see that laziness, is, prayer, prayer is not for lazy people. Number eight, I'm closing. Prayerlessness is a sign that an idol has entered your heart. An idol. That adult can be someone. Your father, your mother, your uncle, your beloved, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your colleague at work. The adult can be someone. Someone that you not trust more than you trust God. That because that person is in your life, you don't see the need of prayer anymore. You were praying because that person was not there. Now that this person is here, there's no more need for prayer. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Cursed are those people. Ever since the beloved has arrived, all your life now is beloved Ozzy. Prayer has run out of the window. You see? An adult can be something. Something like a job. Something like money. Something like your studies, your career. It's something that has taken the place of God and has therefore stopped you from praying any further. 
The Bible says you cannot save God and money. You can't. An adult can be technology. So much so that today, if you don't pray for it, you Google it. You get a call, we need you to come and work in this area. Instead of you going to pray, Lord, what are you saying about this area? You go on Google. Advantages of working in such and such area. Search. Disadvantages of working in such and such area. Search. Advantages of dating before 16. Search. Disadvantages of dating at 19. Search. No more seeking God for questions. Technology has become your God. Everything you need, you ask Google. Instead of groaning it, you are Googling it. My Bible says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes! The deep things of God. May you return to that place. <laughs> where you, 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 you groan it. You don't Google it. There are certain things Google cannot answer. You need to groan them in prayer. You need to go before God. Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Some of you, you are ready to marry a person. You have never prayed to ask God his will about that person. Do you know? You've never asked God nothing. You just like the person. And when you do your matchup on Facebook, it, 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 I mean, in, on, on Instagram, and it, it, it works. It works. Instead of asking God, what is the meaning of this name? You go to Google, uh, my beloved name is so-and-so. What is the meaning? That adult can be your beauty. And you know that that adult has become your beauty when you spend most of your time in front of the mirror than on your knees. That idol that has entered your heart and has stolen the place of God, the place of prayer. You just stand there and admire yourself. You have so much time to admire your beauty and you have no time to pray. The Bible says in Ezekiel 28 verse 17, your heart was proud and arrogant because of your beauty. You destroyed your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And the result was that I cast you to the ground. Talking of Lucifer. Lucifer was defiled because of beauty. It affected his heart. It affected his heart. So much so that he rebelled against God because of beauty. So don't play with that beauty you are admiring so much. You are taking so much. Now, I know you are beautiful. And it's good for you to take care of yourself. But who gave you the beauty? That today, your beauty has taken the whole time. You have no time. Some of you, when you come to church, you can't kneel down. No. You can't kneel down again. Do you know where I bought this trouser? When you are talking about kneeling down, you guys must put carpet inside this place. Sorry. We apologize. That idol can be your food. 
I'm explaining to you that an idol has entered your heart and the idol has taken prayer out. And that idol can be food, dijo, food, food. Philippians 3 verse 19 says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Your glory shall never be your shame. Never allow your stomach to become your God. Where your stomach has become the reason why you can't fast. Your stomach is the reason why you can't pray. It's so full when you say, in the name of Jesus, you are, you are deflated. Don't be like Esau. He lost his place in history because of a plate of food. There are many Esau's running around the church ready to sell their birthright for anything, for anything, sometimes just for a cookie, a small cookie. You give away prayer and fasting for that day. When you even remember what broke that fast, it's so ridiculous that you even ask yourself, why in the world will I give away my destiny for just a bar of chocolate? that I can afford thousands of them. But on the day I'm supposed to prepare myself and consecrate myself before God in prayer, that bar of chocolate becomes so precious that I become Esau and I sell my destiny for it. This morning, God has sent me Amen. to help you redeem that destiny. Amen. You're going to discipline that stomach Amen. by God's grace. Amen. You will not allow your stomach to determine your destiny. The Bible says their God is their stomach. The heavenly father shall be your God, not your stomach. That adult can be pills and medication. You are always on pills, medication, and there's nothing wrong with that. I spoke about this last week. But the problem is when you depend on them so much that you even forget that prayer exists. The Lord says, I am the Lord that healed thee. Not medication. I am the Lord that heals thee. So I can use medication, I can use doctors, but at the end of the day, everybody that dies had medication and they still died. The woman with the issue of blood had gone through all doctors, she became worse. I am the God that healed thee. Never allow your faith to go on the pills. Let your faith go to the healer himself. Keep your faith on the healer and he will surely visit you. He will surely help you. He will surely heal you. Praise the name of Jesus. Lastly, that idol can be your own intelligence and your reasoning. We depend so much on our own reasoning that we cannot engage the Holy Ghost on anything. Every time, I, I'm thinking, you know, I think, I think, I think, when will you pray? When will you pray? You're always thinking. I'm not saying you shouldn't think. I'm the one who just told you last week that you must use your mind. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is your mind. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. Your understanding is too small. So when, you, so when all you are depending on in this life is your understanding, I pity your case. 
that all that you are depending on to make decisions, vital decisions for your life, is your understanding. Wow. From today, we're going to crush all those idols. All these things that have brought... I have given you about eight of them, and I've given you a lot of idols, things that can enter your life and destroy your prayer life. My last verse is Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. The Bible says, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. A spirit of grace and supplication. Do you know what are supplications? Supplications are prayers. And God says, I'm going to pour out a spirit of supplication that you will start having a desire again because anything we do, it has to be sponsored by a spirit. The Holy Ghost has to come and empower you to pray. I will pour out the spirit of grace and supplication. And just like that day when Elijah stood before the prophets of Baal and embarrassed them, and after embarrassing them, he broke their altar, got all the prophets killed, and the Bible says he took 12 stones and he rebuilt an altar, placed a sacrifice on it, called on the God of heaven, and fire came down. This morning, the altar of prayer, this morning I'm like, I'm like Elijah bringing your stones back together. Kelema, everybody stand on your feet and begin to pray. I'm bringing back your stones together and I want you to help me. Let's fetch those stones is it deception that has entered your heart? Are you under heavy spiritual attack? Are you too busy to pray? What has happened to you? What has happened to you? What has happened to you? That today God can find you. He's calling you like Adam. Where are you? You are nowhere to be found. You are too busy. You are running away. You are hiding. You are busy with some idols. Where are you? Lift up your voice this morning and call on the God of heaven. Ask for forgiveness. Ask him to revive that prayer altar. Ask him to bring fire back in that altar. The same way Elijah cried on the God of the universe and the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and the revival was brought back into that nation. I see your prayer life bubbling again. I see your prayer life rising again. You are rising again. Don't let the enemy destroy you. Right where you are, open your mouth and begin to pray. Begin to pray this morning. Father, have mercy on me. I have been misled. I have allowed prayerlessness to become my lifestyle. But I am the house of prayer. Why am I not praying? I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. How come the Holy Ghost is not helping me in prayer? Lord Jesus, I need a revival in my prayer life. Lord Jesus, enough is enough. Come and ignite me again. Come and set me ablaze again. Come and set me on fire again. You are praying that prayer. You are praying that prayer. Shaka pakade kapaje kate kapagadaba. Shaka pekate kapakodo kapakadaba. Emprende ze prente kepelemande. Emprende ze prekende kepelemanda. I decree judgment on any idol that is lying on your head. I decree judgment this morning on every evil spirit that has come and made your life his dwelling place. I decree judgment on those idols this morning.
ente prekende prezete prekanto palemande, ente prezente pelemando gade, ante prezente prekanto kadaba, ente kapelemanda, eke paramanda. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed. Elijah made a history by prayer, by prayer, everything by prayer, everything by prayer. No wonder there is not much in your life because there's no prayer. There's no prayer. Everything is by prayer, by prayer. It takes prayer to get the things. It takes prayer to get everything. If you're not praying, there will be nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Visit your people this morning, Father. Visit the people this morning with a new fire in our spirit, Lord. Everybody lift your hands and cry for fire. Lord, I need fire. Lord, I need fire. Lord, I need fire. I need fire. I need fire in my life. Ignite the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says God will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So there must be fire in your life, my brother. There must be fire in your life, my sister. You cannot live this, this lukewarm life. There's no fire. There's no zeal. There's nothing. Brachete precado capalamanda baraba. Ente presente precado galamanda ba. Ente precendezete precanto caparabaga. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Take us back to a place of prayer where we were crying out to you in the midnight hour, when we were crying out to you, even though there was nothing we needed. We give you praise, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. I know this river is going to flow in every life today, in every stream side, in every branch. Mighty men and women of prayer are rising again. In families, mighty men and women of prayer are rising again. It shall not be told of your life and your, your house when everybody was sleeping. When everybody was sleeping, an enemy came. No, in your house, it will never be again that everybody is sleeping. Cannot be. Cannot be. Shall not be. This morning, if you are not born again, you've heard me talk about prayer. Can I tell you something? The first prayer you got to pray is the prayer for salvation. To ask God to have mercy on you. I know your family has challenges and you want to become a strong prayer warrior, and you will. But the first prayer I want you to pray this morning is the prayer of salvation. You are saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Come and change me. Come and transform. If that is you, at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your right hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. I want to be born again. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands down. Now, you're already born again, but you've backslidden. You've allowed idols in. You've allowed prayerlessness to settle in. You want fire back. You want God to help you this morning. You are saying, Father, this is my day. Today, something must break in my life. I cannot continue like this. Don't be ashamed. At the count of three, raise your right hand, and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Raise it up. I need fire back in my life. God bless you. 
God bless you. I need fire back. I need fire back. Yes. You can take your hands down. Let us pray together this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I open my heart. I open my life. I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross, rose on the third day. This morning, my life is yours. I need fire back. I need the fire back, Father. Please come back into my heart. Change my life. Wash away my sins. Destroy every idol. Destroy every yoke. That is making me prayerless. Let it be said of me in the days to come. He is a prayerful man. She is a prayerful woman. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me, for accepting me, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, put your hands together for these people that have given their life to Jesus. Now, I want to encourage you. That is just your first step. Stay connected. Tell your neighbor, stay connected. Stay connected. Calls can only remain on in, with fire when they stay connected. You keep dividing yourself, you keep separating yourself, the fire will run out. Stay connected to the church, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the Word, spiritual things. If you are watching and you don't have a home or you are listening to me and you don't have a spiritual home, please find one or connect with us, we'll help you because it's necessary for you to keep your fire that you stay connected. Hallelujah. Next week, we're going to start with the laws of effective prayer. The past two weeks, I've just been dealing with helping you revive your prayer life. But so next week, I'm starting now with the laws that govern and effective, so that your prayer start being answered and you start enjoying praying. Hallelujah. So don't mix next Sunday. It's going to be great. May God bless you. Let's share the grace of the Lord together this morning. Why don't you let's go. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever a 2021 my year of preaching the word I will go somewhere I will preach somewhere I will lead someone to Jesus Christ so put your hands together for Jesus once again Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Please don't go away. There's something prepared for all the mothers this morning. Enjoy it and God bless you. Bye-bye. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Ooh, preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere.